Welcome to the Planet Storytime podcast, where we use the power of our imaginations to use the pictures in our minds for some of the best stories ever told. I'm your host, Thomas Mitchell. Today, we're happy to bring you our very first Halloween special. Our story today is The Tale of the Pumpkin House by T.M. Gannam. And it shows us how sometimes, when we're afraid, we find out just how brave we truly are. Now, because this is a Halloween story, you may find it to be a little scarier than some of our other stories. Remember, you can always skip to a different story in our podcast if you'd rather wait until next year to try listening to this story again. Now, if you can... Take a deep breath in and hold it. And let it out. Now, we're ready for today's story. Remember to use the pictures in your head as you listen to the story. I hope you enjoy it. The Tale of the Pumpkin House by T.M. Gannam. This is the tale of the pumpkin house on All Hallows' Eve by the towers in the grove and how you just never know about this spectacular world, especially on Halloween. Oh, and how we must take good care and stand tall in our fright. In fact, prepare for a fright now, dear reader, listener, or otherwise diviner, for this tale may raise you to a higher pitch, but you must suffer the sharps and flats to get there. If you're still with me, let us to the beginning. The pumpkin house rested in a handsome neighborhood of several blocks, sixty houses stacked of grand, mostly red Victorians, each of its own special character. Now, if you're not familiar with the Victorian-style homes, let me try to describe them to you. They are tall and stout and charming, with frank but stately front porches, with features like arched windows, slate roofs, sharp gables and spires, some even dressed with turrets and towers. Now, while the pumpkin house sat in the middle of the neighborhood, it stood apart from the rest of the homes, for it was of a different look. It drew a stark contrast with its orange brick and ivy, giving it the look of a pumpkin. It featured a proud tower in the northeast corner, peaked by a rooster vane, with ivy traveling all across the side and the front of the house, from west to east, to catch the morning sun. No one seemed to be sure, but it surely seems so, that houses with their unique personalities think, feel, and communicate just like the rest of us humans, except that they do it in the way houses do. On this particular block of Mountjoy Avenue, the pumpkin house which was nestled between its red brick neighbors had to suffer jokes, snickers, and teasing of every like and sort 
because it was so different from the other houses. Whoever heard of orange brick? The other houses would say. Look at that scraggly, shaggy ivy, like a messy haircut. And worse. <laughs> Despite their cruelty, the pumpkin house stood proudly with general content because it did so love its family, who absolutely adored, not to mention were quite proud of residing in the pumpkin house at good old 1031 Mountjoy Avenue, along with its eight cats that helped protect the grounds. First was KT, who kept order. Raven, who was most often misbehaving, found opportunity. Jack was of surveillance. Minnie covered the details. Sam, well, Sam needed to rest most times. Gracie managed the middle ground. Cuddles, the most rugged of the bunch, was the tailless. And Boss, she called the shots. Yes, between the kitty cats and the sweet human family with the mama and the pops and the kiddos one too, the pumpkin house had all the love it needed. Little did it know it would receive much more. But as things go in this world, it often takes great difficulty to make for great joy. And that is truly where our story begins. Now the pumpkin house and the surrounding neighborhood sat astride the towers in the grove, which stood within a long rectangular wood, interspersed with gazebos of every color and diversity, punctuated by long, tall towers that propped up the sides and ends along a loose perimeter of the lush acreage. Legend had long told of goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches that lived inside these towers and placed a haunt in the grove. Though it appeared to be only legend, as on the surface, no one would have known the otherwise. For this grove of towers was such a lovely place that the wee town with all its humans and animal creatures and the like ever so fully engaged with a languid bliss the beauty of this parkland shared by every single one. How were they to realize the impending haunt that lurked behind the curtains of their awareness? They could not. That is, until the curtains finally opened in the year 1897, when the haunt became known. This All Hallows' Eve began like any other, when at the spot of sunset, still the gray light of dusk, the trick-or-treaters began bobbing up and down the wide avenue of Mountjoy, visiting each and every bold dwelling in hunt for the best candy the denizens of the grove had to offer, while the band of eight cats settled into maps, seeding the evening to the curiously peculiar humans. The trick or treating was at a steady hum when a sudden, terrifying splash of spookiness and horror with a blazing horn of siren fire 
the goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches sprayed the trick-or-treaters with pokes and howls, spits and screeches, horrifying the children and their grown-ups. Running to and from every direction, the poor people of the towers and the grove found themselves in a fiasco of frenzy of which they had never known. The houses of Mountjoy Avenue sat powerless as they watched the wretched scene play out before them. Their beloved caretakers and their sweet children who came home to them each and every day were being frightened to the end of their very wits, and there was nothing they could do to stop it. Indeed, the pumpkin house's reaction was no different, and perhaps due to having known mistreatment, felt even more powerfully the pain of fear that their human friends were suffering. For certain, the pumpkin house had never felt so compelled to right a wrong, and the energy that came with this desire began to swell so much that the handsome house began to glow like a fierce and noble jack-o'-lantern, lighting up the entire block. And suddenly, in the midst of the neighbors scrambling everywhere for some kind of cover to find relief from the ornery rascal goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches who were wreaking such havoc, the lustrous ivy that was spread all across the pumpkin house began to move and swirl and take a life of its own. The ivy began to release its clench and lift away from the brick and extend upward and out as if it was stretching to the sky and seas after waking up from a long sleep. Somehow, instinctively, the spindly, outstretched ivy extended like tendrils and began waving, tickling, and swatting away with their leafy shoots at the now-alarmed sundry goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches, stunning them into their own fright and forcing them to run and scramble through the viney swishing and swooshing until they fell back in full retreat to the towers in the grove. It was then incomprehensibly still and silent. The people of the neighborhood caught their collective breath and looked at each other as if they couldn't believe what had just transpired. Then everyone seemed to turn to the pumpkin house, and the impossibly long vines settled back into a broad hug around the orange brick. In fact, there was one moment when every eye in the neighborhood was cast upon it, including all the houses up and down Mount Joy. Even the moms and the pops and the kids one too looked up at it from the front porch. The humble home seemed to look down, and some say it drew a blush for just a flash. before anyone could even say a word. The goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches returned to their squealing rampage and descended upon the pumpkin house with all sundry scissor and shear, primed to begin hacking and slicing the heroic vines. The ivy jumped back awake, 
but winced with a sharp snip to one of its wisps. The neighborhood, the humans and houses alike, took a giant gasp, and the band of eight cats that had at last shaken off their naps shot a collective stare to one another and jumped too. Boss called the shot with a mighty meow, which some have translated as, Protect our pumpkin! And the band of eight felines flew on and around the viney schools, unleashing a cacophony of kitty bedlam aimed at the dastardly goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches. Cuttles, unencumbered by tail, flexed her muscles against the rascal mob and began going after their sharp cutting tools. Gracie focused on the center of the wicked troop with her snarls and scratches. Sam yawned obnoxiously in their faces. Minnie ensured their agitation with her whiskers, paws, and claws. Jack surveyed the scene and checked for every last one of the spirit scoundrels. KT kept them unto their business until the job was fully rendered, and then indeed, it was done. The kitty cats successfully terrorized the goblins, ghouls, ghosts, and witches so thoroughly that despite their ready blades, they could shave no more of the pumpkin house's grizzled green whiskers. The spooky rascals were forced into retreat again, and this time for good, shutting themselves back in the towers never to return. The people of this grove of towers caught their breath again and returned their stare to the pumpkin house. The band of eight cats, already in some form of repose, looked put out, but content. The pumpkin house, feeling all eyes upon it once again, seemed to tip an ivy stalk near the top of its tower as if acknowledging their stunned appreciation. No one ever looked at the pumpkin house quite the same again, and the towers in the grove stayed happily quiet forever and evermore. The End I hope you enjoyed listening to The Tale of the Pumpkin House as much as I enjoyed reading it to you. This story reminds me how the love inside us is always bigger than our fear. Thank you so much for joining us today for our special Halloween episode. And as always, thanks to Paxton Stanley for his amazing music. Until next time, remember to keep using your imagination and discover just how powerful your mind truly is. Happy Halloween, and goodbye for now. If you enjoy the Planet Storytime podcast and would like to support the show, please click the subscribe button on your podcast player and tell your friends about us. You can also support us with contributions on our Patreon page. Simply go to patreon.com and search for the Planet Storytime podcast. You can also reach out to us with suggestions, requests, and questions by email at planet.storytime at gmail.com. Both Paxton and I would like to thank you and everyone for your amazing support. 
until next time, remember to keep using your imagination and see just how powerful your mind truly is. Goodbye for now. Thank you.